life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. If you listen to the last podcast, it was all about towing. It wasn't all about towing, but there was a big discussion. You were driving an expedition back. Yes. Finally arrived back home. uh, Yes. Excursion expedition. Which which of the X's is it? It, Pick one. Exactly. It's the big one. It's the expedition because the the expedition, the excursion had gone out of production uh, by the time this one got built and whatever. It's ridiculous. But it's the extra long wheelbase. You've got to be kidding me size. Now with more. Now with more extra. You were driving that and we were doing a car debate for someone who wanted a towing sedan. Right. Which was somewhat problematic. Many of you have responded to that. Thank you. First off, the answer, apparently, is the Volvo V70. Yeah. Surprising. I swear swear to you. Was it the V50 or the V70? The 70. I swear to you. I swear to you. 24 hours after we did that podcast, in the middle of nothing to do with the podcast, I went, what about a Volvo wagon? And an hour, (laughs) hour, I didn't say it to a, a word. An hour later, Chance sends me somebody who I should have the name in front of me. I don't, I'm sorry. Thank you. You wrote in and suggested a a V70 and sent your Google search via Instagram. (laughs) You're absolutely right. That car is listed at 3,000 to 3,500 pounds of towing. Amazing. Which there you go. Trust the Swedes. Also, the A6 All Road is a good one. I looked it that is. up. It works. It is. I had avoided all European cars because he didn't, he didn't want, want that. Exactly so I didn't even right. go there. True, true, true. Fair. But then Michael Kenyon wrote in. He he and his wife, remember, we did a podcast discussion for them. Yes, right. They haul right. horses in a horse trailer. That's right. He gave me a massive education on towing. Okay. Okay. So he huge Facebook thing. Michael, thank you for writing in. I just I appreciate it when you guys engage back with what we're talking oh, about yeah, and no just kidding. go hear stuff you guys might not experience. Michael and his wife have towed a lot of horses around the country. And his big conclusion, you want to know what it was? You need a diesel truck. So we weren't well, off. Yes. We weren't far off. We, we, <laughs> all of that to say we got a little bit off of the weeds and we still didn't get completely lost. I can see the Volvos working because they're sold in Britain yeah. for the whole car of carrier, course. the yeah. The, cam- you know, the caravan caravanning, thing. yes. Mm-hmm. So I can see that happening, yeah, for sure. but there's no diesels here, no diesel cars that are wagons that are yeah. towish and can handle all that does, stuff. Does so. towish go with, with ha- uh, hatchish and handly? Right in there. It's hatchish, all handly, and towish. Yep. Yep. That's that's when it's a that's when it's actually a bad LA law ripoff instead of a cop show. That's what that is. <laughs> nice. That's nice. terrible. Okay. Hi. Ba- we're back. Yeah. <laughs> we are back, and we are back on Velocity Channel this Saturday. We're recording the. Thursday before this drops on Friday. That means and tomorrow. The next day. That means tomorrow. When you're hearing That's this, right. tomorrow morning. And, and the thing is, we're on early enough that whatever hour you're listening to this on Friday, you're probably within 24 hours of it of it actually being on TV. Which is cool. So set your DVR if you have Velocity. We'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm excited about actually new season. All the stuff we've been working on, people are going to see it. That's a good news. That's just really <laughs> no good kidding. news. And a quick shout out to our television sponsors, Covercraft. Grio's Garage, which I talked mm-hmm. about already, and Autotempest.com. We yeah. are thrilled. They are making it happen. They're making the television for sure. season happen for, for sure. us. Also, for uh, Covercraft and for Grio's Garage, mm-hmm. both companies use the code every day. Yep. Yep. Two Covercraft is doing free shipping, and all the stuff you get from Covercraft is large. You're going to appreciate that free shipping. <laughs> yeah. So free shipping from Covercraft and 10% discount on Grio's products. If you, too, would like to live a CPO life, and by that I mean a certified <laughs> exactly. Paul-owned life, you should see the, the list 
of Griot's product on the wall of Paul's gorgeous garage. Wow. And all of that, <laughs> honestly, he has owned that stuff for years. I'm, I'm kind of throwing you under the bus, and I'm kind of defending Griot's all at the same time. <laughs> You've owned Griot's product like everything they have for years. Yes, I have. And they are just now a sponsor, so you can actually talk about them. I'm and that thrilled. product is fantastic. You've turned me onto it, and I'm out of like everything. But I only keep like three products. You have the entire lineup. I almost have the entire catalog. So, I have the entire discography, as yes, a you do. Yes, you do. Absolutely. It, including other random uh, shelves to store <laughs> stuff on. But if you, too, would like to live a CPO life, Griot's is how to get That's it done. Funny. And 10% off is pretty cool. That could be the shirt, live a CPO life. That's not bad. We need, to have like some, we need to have a Porsche with a glint on it. That's what it needs to be. Yeah. And if Covercraft made a cover for the expedition, it could double as the mess tent for any, you know, big camping trip that you the have. Next, the next time. Set it up as, you know, you've got your giant tent that sleeps 14 or more. Ne- here's the thing. You're going to get, get an expedition <laughs> Covercraft cover. And then we're going to buy some random loose tent poles. And the next time exactly. we have a meetup, we're going to have this big meetup tent. And it's just going to be the Covercraft cover. Uh, hey, that kind of looks vaguely like a big suburban Perfect. or expedition. No, it's just the meetup tent. Yep. It's just erected over here. Ridiculous. Well, guys, yes, uh, we are thrilled to be back on Velocity. As we were saying, please set your DVRs. That is 7.30 Eastern time starting January 6th, Saturday, January 6th, on that early morning block. And uh, Todd has been doing an incredible job curating everything and getting us ready for that. And uh, things are still going on, as a matter of fact. Oh. He is not dead, found buried under a I'm pile of digital ones under and footage, zeros. And I'm, not, I'm just about halfway there. That's what's actually really <laughs> happening. Exactly. We've got a lot of questions from all of you guys. Thank you so much for writing in. And a couple of great debates from Jeffrey up in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And we've also got a debate from Scott in Duisburg, Germany. Yeah, and I'm I love that positive one. that I'm mispronouncing that word already. Well, what? We'll, we'll outside continue. of Dusseldorf. Mm-hmm. I can barely get that one, but I, he's just uh, about a half an hour from, uh, from Dusseldorf. So he's uh, out there with his mechanical engineering degree. Mm-hmm. He's got a job working for a company designing radio telescopes and antennas. Just fascinating. That's that. It's one of those jobs you hear about it nothing. and you go, of course somebody does that job. I don't know the first thing beyond that <laughs> right. title. Perfect. Exactly. Excellent. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, I say we get right into the debates here because For we've sure. got so many questions to get to. For sure. As I said, Jeffrey is in Michigan and he has found the YouTube channel years ago, which led him to the podcast. It's always funny because, you know, sometimes... People say, you have a YouTube channel? Mm-hmm. You guys are on TV? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I just thought you guys were podcasters, and then vice versa. So I, I think you it's know, always funny. Actually, you know, my favorite story along those lines was the guy that wrote to us, and he'd listened to only the podcast for like a year, and then he watched a video, and we completely ruined his day, because now he saw what we looked like. It's <laughs> oh, like, no. that's not what either of you were supposed to look like. <laughs> he had in his mind what he thought these voices went with, and he looked at us and went, that's not right at I all. I hate it when that happens. Yeah. The, the voice is disconnected from the, the person you think it should belong yeah. to. That's hilarious. All right. Well, he has um, got a situation here, a vehicle situation, that involves a fun car, of course. He spent his childhood at the track or in the shop as his dad has built race cars and restored cars for decades. Wow. But being in Michigan, it's a, he says, you know, having a sports car year-round is kind of tough with the snow and the salt. Mm-hmm. We know about salt. Having we do. Having a great salt lake nearby. Yes. Yes. We do know about that. And he's had a dedicated winter vehicle and toy for the non-Arctic months. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, uh, they say in Wisconsin, it's sort of three months of bad sledding, you know, nine months of winter. <laughs> three months of bad sledding. <laughs> exactly. That's excellent. I like that. So he's looking back to a fun car, getting back into a fun car sometime this spring. And he's got a bit of a history with a Mustang GT that he had when he was 16. Drove sparingly, I will say, 20,000 miles over nine years of ownership. 
That's sparing. Yeah, for sure. Then he graduated to an Interlagos Blue E60 M5, 52,000 miles that he brought from North Carolina when he was 23. And he wanted. He said everything about that car was exactly what he wanted. Mm. But he put 6,000 miles on it over two years. And he sold that to his brother to finance the down payment on buying a house. But it sounds like that was the car where every box that could be checked, he checked it. It, Things coalesced every way car. he wanted it and loved it. Yeah. I'm surprised you only put 6,000 miles on it, but clearly you found the right car for you there. Amazing. All right, so currently the one vehicle that he has is a 2015 Chevy Silverado Heavy Duty, the 2500 mm-hmm. Heavy Duty. Mm-hmm. You can tow things with this truck. You can, yes, if, you, if you're worried about towing, which apparently is our new weird obsession. I, I, by the way, I'm not <laughs> obsessed with towing. I'm actually excited to drive the Lotus again. All, all, all you people oh, I can agree. tow. But anyway. I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> all the rest of us can go tow our mm-hmm. daylights, right? Whatever. All right, so this doesn't feed his fire. This pickup truck does not feed the fire like the M5 did. So he is uh, thinking about what's next. He got mm-hmm. a good price on the truck. But it's a pain to park. It's a pain to commute in. It's a big truck. Yeah. This thing's enormous. The 2500? Yeah. That's an enormous vehicle. I am now getting familiar with enormous vehicles. Yes, you are. The Jeep is a gnat. In comparison to this. I saw you this morning. Actually, this morning, side note, we were on our our local television station. I love the irony of this. We got up early to be on the morning show of our local television station to talk about the fact that we have a television show on national television. Right. Hundreds of people this morning. Whole hundreds, maybe dozens of people (laughs) heard about our national television show this morning. I mean, look, we like to be involved in the little Park City stuff every time we can. So it's cool. But I just, when I left, I laughed at the irony. I was like, that that is the smallest audience related to our TV show we will ever have, was talking about a local show. And you got out of your Jeep this morning (laughs) at at that location and looked at me and went, this car's tiny. Of course, I just pulled up in my Mini. <laughs> exactly. But it was very funny. Exactly. It just, yeah, it's all perspective, right? Well, he's looking here, not having two mediocre cars to deal with winter. So he's fine, trying to find something that works all year long, mm-hmm. but it's still exciting to him. Very nice car. Yeah. He's not indicating a desire to go autocrossing or do track time. So I guess you don't need the truck to pull your race car to the track. True, Even true. though he doesn't have that many circuits near him. But he doesn't have the mountain roads near him, so he's just thinking back road driving, trips over to Lake Michigan, mm-hmm. up the coast, that kind of thing. Probably a lot of high-speed, fun GT, grand touring kind of driving. Well, I mean, I think, I think the BMW informs this, too. Because Very much that, so. that M5, you kind of get the sense of the stuff that he likes and the kind of driving he's going to do with it. It's not going to be a track so. rat car. Yeah. So I, I ended up with some interesting suggestions here. He did tell us, uh, by the way— uh, Jeffrey told us that he's 6'2 and about our weight, so just under just under 200 pounds. You're actually thinner than me. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we tried to fit in an Alpha 4C and can't do it, So, which is weird because I can fit in an Alpha 4C. Yeah, we're both fine um, in the 4C. Maybe uh, but, it's the super long torso syndrome. Well, who, who knows? Who knows? But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. You're climbing out of a 2500 truck, and you're getting into the Alpha 4C, and it feels like a sardine can. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm the weirdo that I climb out of my panel van mini <laughs> which is a, not not even the clubman, by the way, and climb my Lotus and go, this feels about right. So it's all relative. But he doesn't like something as small as a 4C. This needs to have some decent room. He has a, kind of a top uh, a top six or eight list here. He's talk, He's looking at the uh, the Audi S5 or RS5. So already we're into kind of grand tourers. It couldn't, can be a two-seat. It could, it could even be a, uh, it can be a two-door or even a two-seat if he wants. Sure, sure, sure. The uh, the Audi S8 is in here. You've got V10s in the brain, my Seriously, friend. Seriously, the Audi S8? 
No, no, no single person looking for a fun car needs an Audi S8 unless you live at the Autobahn. And then, please, sir, get one. Exactly. But that's on there. The M235i, possibly even an X-Drive, an E90 M3 Coupe. Of course, you know we like that. Yes, get winter tires. Enjoy that like crazy. The Merc C63 Coupe, the Jaguar F-Type Coupe in V6, you're right, would be glorious. Cayman, of course. And nine nine seven nine eleven. These are his kind of top picks. He'd like to stay around fifty grand or below if possible. Uh, he definitely wants um, DCT and good build quality. So this is where we are. Probably European stuff. I I want to back up uh, one of the things on his list and then list three that aren't even on there at all. Hmm. I've got some interesting things to think about. And again, you're right. This M5 is informing our decision because completely clearly, completely. Jeffrey, you are wanting a bigger car. We're not talking small. I mean, obviously, our, our thoughts tend towards the smaller, more nimble kinds of things. But that doesn't mean, you know, that there's enjoyment not to be found in these other cars that mm-hmm, you list. Mm-hmm. I, I like the C63 Coupe, the, the Mercedes that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I like the F-Type Coupe. I was kind of thinking along those lines, that sure. kind of size, even though one of my choices is a little bit bigger. We need to drive this car, by the way. So I've okay. got a bunch of choices here. Of course, you know, anything equipped with a PDK, you must try that. It might just wipe all of the rest of your decisions off the table, but, but you've got some things to drive here. Yeah, and dual dual clutch is the key thing. I mean, he wants Definitely. he wants a dual clutch. Now, I will say, isn't that Jaguar a traditional auto? It's uh, a good one, but if the memory serves, supercharged that he's mentioning, I think I don't, it is. I don't think that's a dual clutch. Now, I would I would say don't take that off your list, Jeffrey. It's one of those. I'm I'm pretty sure it's a ubiquitous transmission from somebody else. I think it's a traditional auto, but but it is a very good one. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't take that off the list. That is the thing. I, I'll give you another example: the uh, the Alpha Julia Quadrifoglio. That's a great example. Not actually. a dual clutch. But unless you knew that, you Feels probably would think it was. Close. So that, that is the thing about yeah. autos. And, of course, BMW has rumored they might not do another dual clutch. They might just continue tuning their autos. So clearly the line is getting blurred. But all of the things I want to recommend do come in a full dual clutch. Mm-hmm. All right. I've got uh, two, four, five choices for you, which is more than I usually do here. I want to run through them really quickly because you seem to be really intrigued with Audis. I'm lately intrigued with the Audi RS3. Mm-hmm. I know I'm, you are. I'm really interested in this car. Yeah. I want us to at least drive this. And you have a scary here, amount of interest in that car, actually. I, I, I'm very intrigued after reading that the front tires actually are wider than the rears, and their focus for this car is on handling, mm-hmm. much like other Audis in the past that have kind of been an afterthought or maybe not a thought at all. This one is very specifically <laughs> focused on the fun, the enjoyment of driving. So I'm I'm very curious about this car. Again, your budget is just under 50K, which is very healthy. And you could probably yeah, glean yeah, yeah. that by virtue of all the cars that we listed here on your on your full list. So also, maybe take a look at the Audi TT RS. Mm, yeah, maybe. that's a good alternate. Yeah, I like that. That's good. That's alternate good. to the Cayman, the 981 yeah. Cayman. Yeah, yeah. Could be interesting. Plus, you've got the Quattro in mm-hmm. that size of car. Mm-hmm. Now, you would lose some things that you would gain having the PDK and the handling in the Cayman. But that car is also very fast. Lots of power. Absolutely. Quattro and a boatload of fun to drive run it year round and who cares yes you know there's those two different ttrs that only come out here in park city in the wintertime i never see them in the summer there's a a white one and a gunmetal gray one that just pop up in the winter i'd love to know and of course i notice them because those cars are are rare i'd love to know what those guys drive during the rest of the year it probably is one of the eight million 911s that drives around here yes but or or maybe maybe just for irony's sake they drive a range rover during the summer but but (laughs) tt there's two ttrs in park city and they only show up in the winter I think that and the R8 are such great 
all-around winter snow cars with the Quattro. You know, you I got do the, all it, your sure. thing going yeah, on, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're still small enough that you still get the driving enjoyment, but mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. still a solid planted car. That led me to the Volkswagen Golf R, whatever year, probably sure. a newer one. Sure. Oh well, yeah, with that budget, absolutely easily. Then going up in size again, keeping that Jaguar in mind, I thought of the Lexus RC. Mm-hmm. That coupe mm-hmm. size. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that a few podcasts ago, and it really got me intrigued again. Even mm-hmm. though it was mm-hmm. an eight ish in every category, it's an eight in every category. Yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? No, I mean, there's, uh, there's, the RC is a genuine that. contender. Yeah, I see that. And I for the that. kind of driving that Jeffrey's thinking mm-hmm. of doing, the mm-hmm. grand touring high speed, I think that could be really interesting. It's a great interior. It's a good looking car. I see that for sure. And then finally, at the top end, not price, but definitely in size, Kia Stinger GT. This is a bargain for what the the budget that you're working with. Yeah. Lots of horsepower, yeah. all-wheel drive. I think it's excellently designed, the interior, the build quality, all those kinds of things. This is an alternate choice that maybe maybe you that's, might be intrigued. In. That's a good wild card because you're along the lines of that M5 he loved. Very much so. It's kind of like it. Kia does an I M5, do even though it. it's not an M5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, that's good. That kind of thinking you can get, you know... How about this? A brand new Kia Stinger GT or an E60 M5? Yeah. Who are you? It, this, you know what? It, by the way, is this a moment in time? Is that the first Stinger recommendation on the podcast? It I feel is. like it is. It is. Bravo, Jeffrey. Congratulations on that. <laughs> I, not that you had anything to do with it, but that's a good one. That, I like that. That's good. So that's where I'm at. Those cars, you could, okay. you know, you've got some driving okay. to do. I like your list, Jeffrey, but you've got some, uh, some driving and dealerships and people to go meet. For sure. Okay. Well, I have, I have three that I think are real contenders, and then I have a wild card. Oh, good. Because I, I get the we sense... like wild cards. Yes, for sure. I, I get the sense that this truck, I'm not sure, is it really going away or is the truck maybe staying? I get the sense the truck may be staying. It we're may just be shopping staying for, is the idea that I got. We're shopping for a car that's fun that could be used year-round, but I don't think the truck is going either. Right. So that's the, the, the sense that I get. Now. So if we could drive it year-round, bonus. So, okay, I thought along those lines. I thought about that M5 and how much it's influenced you. Mm-hmm. So that, that guided me as well. Of your list, I want to speak to one on your list specifically, and that is the 997-911. I'm all for it. I know you are. But here's the thing. Done. I actually went shopping. I actually went shopping. For fifty grand and less, you can find a lot of Carrera 4S 997s. For probably right around forty five fifty. right? Absolutely. There's, there's a lot of them out yeah. there. So, okay, now you're all-wheel drive. You're the S, so you're not the base model. Yes, I'm not having a – I don't see where the problem is. Of your list, that was my favorite. Um, (laughs) And we're done. Well, yeah. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Yeah, thanks thanks for listening. Uh, I mentioned earlier, look, I love the S8, but I don't think the S8 is right here. I think that's just just too big a car. Again, if you're in Um, Germany on the Autobahn, there's always a big black Audi that's faster than everybody. That could be you. That could be the S8, yes. You're in Michigan. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, I actually like your Audi – uh, TT or TTRS better than the other Audis he's mentioned here. I think that's really good. Um, I see your BMW M235i or M3 Coupe. Instead of that, I'm going to say this to you. Hmm. People are selling M2s now for that's right true. around 50. Are they Are they that cheap? They're right around 50. Okay. All right. So, okay, you can get that car with a dual clutch. You can oh, get it for around fifty grand. Actually. That checks all the boxes. Don't get the E ninety. Don't get the M two thirty five. I go straight for Mister M two. Ooh, winter tires on that yeah, bad boy. Done. Ooh. Done. There's a black one here in Park City that dry, that I see doing the commute year round. And I have to tell you, even though I far prefer that car in blue, I catch the edge of that car out of the corner of my eye and it turns my head. Hmm. 
that something about the, the stance the of that stance M2 and say. the wide fenders, it just catches my eye. It's a cool looking car. Yeah. So anyway, M2 is definitely on there. Um, the next car is actually not my wild card. So I'm going to go to my wild card. I'm just going to go wild card first and come back. Okay. The wild card is the Evo MR. Oh, good. Now, look, I it's, like this car. It's, this is not, good. it's not nearly as nice inside as the other cars mentioned, but you haven't, other than the fact you own an M5, you haven't really said that's a primary thing. Right, right. That Evo MR, you could drive it year round. You don't have to be precious with it. It's snowy today and there's salt on the, Who cares? Do it. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's just, and, and with 50 grand in your pocket, you can get the nicest MR out there and spend half your budget. Oh, I like that. The MR like has that. got yeah. more sound deadening now. More sound deadening if you're like me and you don't mind a loud car. It's still a loud car, but more sound deadening. That's the better car to, to drive normally because it's got six speeds. It has a dual clutch like you want. It's going to be killer in the snow. It's going to be fun in the dry. You don't have to be precious. I think that's a real contender, even though I'm going to put it in a wild card because it's kind of an oddball in class of vehicle compared to everything else we've talked about. Mm-hmm. But sure. Evo MR, I think, is a good contender in the wild card category. And then one that is in the category of, I love this for you. Who knew you could get them for this? 2010 GTR. What? They are 50 to 55. You're kidding me. I'm not. It's finally happened. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my Yikes, thinking. Look, but tires and yes. No, 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 no. The problem with that car Yeesh. is the ownership ex- ownership cost, not the buying cost, but the yeah. ownership cost. But I did think about the fact that, look, you like big sedans. <laughs> you want power. You oh want gosh. it to be able to handle a Michigan winner and kind of do whatever. That will do whatever you'd like. GTR. Wow, so, I'm I'm a little stunned over we're, here. We're, look, I, I'm, it's finally I'm, happened. I'm the grand. person. I'm the person that's breaking into the Paul Limiter night. That is a little above your budget because it's fifty to fifty-five to really come to play. Yeah, yeah. But I have to bring it up because who knew? Wow. And again, that's a car. Even though that one, here's the thing. I think the Carrera Four and the M2 you'd be a little bit precious with. I think the GTR and the Evo you wouldn't be. You sure. just go, the weather is whatever the weather is. I'm just going to go go outside and beat on the pavement. Off we go. Let's just do that. Golly. So there you go. Wow. All right. Well, Jeffrey, uh, really curious to hear what you end up getting. I know it's a little ways out, but please keep us informed. And if you've got your own debate for us, write to us. We genuinely do want to hear from you. Please do not bury us under a pile of words. We love reading your scenario, but, you know, hey, words were on sale at Walmart, so I just got you a huge bag of words and, that and were on sale. And paragraphs. Paragraphs are good paragraphs too. Paragraphs are, are my friend. I like <laughs> yes, they are. I will I will read a multi-scroll email if it at least has paragraphs. Yes, this is true. So that's everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Remember the TV part on velocity? Mm-hmm. And then everydaydriver.com is the main website and you can contact us there as well. Yeah, so for sure. People kind of do either one, pick one which which whichever suits you best, mm-hmm. whatever your proclivity is. We are going to take a bit of an early break here and we shall be back. Hey all, let's talk a little bit about Amsoil. You know why we like Amsoil so much? Because they're a bunch of car people. They're gearheads. They're into all kinds of motorsports and power sports, and they get it. You know, recently Amsoil created a guide containing information about how to increase horsepower in your vehicle. It's got insider tips from some of the best in the business on how to coax more power out of your engine. You can get your free copy at amsoil.com driver. 
That's right. There's a code connected to this show, amsoil.com slash driver. While you're there, you can find out about all of Amsoil's products. Remember, they've got their Amsoil Signature Series Synthetic Motor Oil. says it delivers 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss than what's required. Now, I'm not a guy that tests these things, but these tests exist, and that's the stat. Remember, go to amsoil.com slash driver to get your free insider's guide to increasing horsepower. You can do that right now. When you're looking to buy a car, you want to make sure you're getting real price on actual inventory. There's nothing worse than getting there and they go, well, we don't have that actual car you looked up. So a lot of times that's not the case, but with True Car, it is the case. You can configure a car online, use a True Car certified dealer. The pricing that you get is on actual inventory. There is a car that backs up that price. There are over 13,000 True Car certified dealers nationwide. And True Car users are more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with these TrueCar certified dealers. And plus, TrueCar users save an average of over 3000 off MSRP. Don't get me wrong. This is not TrueCar says, we think the price is this. No, the TrueCar certified dealer says this is the price for the car. TrueCar is the conduit. So you want to work directly with TrueCar, go to TrueCar and find the car you want. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Okay, this is only a 30-second commercial. I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please stay with me. I'm not even good with numbers, but stick, stick with me. In 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. This company's been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists, 24-7, 365. The company is GEICO. Go to GEICO.com today. Sorry for all the numbers. And in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, that's it. We do want to thank you guys for joining us here on the Car Debate Podcast. Remember, we are actually doing this twice a week. I'm saying that almost to myself right now. <laughs> You're telling yourself. Because I keep looking yourself, at the schedule you? going. My, my wife, we, we have this little digital app thing that we share so we know, like, schedule and oh, what the groceries sure. are and that kind of stuff. Sure, sure. And she, a few weeks ago, just said, I know you've been doing this podcast for years, but I'm just going to put it in. Twice a week, you're recording, so I remember because it just, just like, so it really you know, sticks. bye, honey, I, I, I got to go podcast. So anyway, sure. that does happen twice a week. We thank you for all of you that have been doing ratings and reviews recently. We've been doing a lot of them. We've been firmly in the top 10 of all automotive podcasts worldwide, which is awesome, and that's due entirely to you guys. We appreciate your ratings, your reviews. That's helpful and helps other pe- people find the podcast. Literally yesterday, I read an email about that. Mm. about somebody who was looking to buy a car, found the podcast. So I know that happens. I know it happens. And that's entirely you guys. So thank you. We will continue to be here twice a week. Sometime next week, we should do like a state of the show podcast. Maybe have Chance join us. We should figure that out. That's a great idea. And there are some questions that we've gotten before, some of the longer Instagram questions that we need to revisit as well. Yeah, we need to revisit those as well. Uh, All of that to say, hey, it's called the car debate. We have another car debate. This is for Scott writing to us in Germany. Thank you, Scott. You've been listening for a while now. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, You have a mechanical engineering degree and as Paul said, now you are working designing radio telescopes and antennas. That Super is as cool. much as I know about that line of work right there, that sentence. <laughs> I'm now baffled. There we go. Exactly. exactly. Well, uh, his two cars here were, starting with a 2007 Smart 4.2, so that, that could fit in the tandem garage with two other cars, and we actually have backed it into the curb 
and made it perpendicular to the curb, just like mm -hmm. everybody in Europe. We've done that in the States. We have, yeah. It gets some looks because nobody does that here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what else? Uh, 1990 Mazda Miata. So that was, this was supercharged. Custom suspension, manual transmission, of course. Yeah. He loved this car, and he sold it when the commute got longer. He wants something a bit more practical. 01 Lexus IS300 automatic. Mm -hmm. Loved that car, yeah. Very cool. I even like the automatic version of that car. What else? 98 Honda Accord V6 Auto. So that was his dad car, with it, which his husband drove while he drove the Lexus. Mm -hmm. And, of course, very reliable. And then an 07 Mazda 3, point, uh, Mazda 3 2 point diesel manual. So mm -hmm. 2.0 diesel manual there. And that was his first car when he moved to Germany. And then, you know, of course, did the job, had its flaws, back to the diesel cars not available in the States that can't give us the towing capability we're looking for. But the interesting thing, I think, here about when he owned that Mazda that I really think colors the rest of this discussion is he makes the comment where the biggest problem was the amount of noise on the Autobahn at high speed. Mm, sure. This yeah. is something you encounter when you're doing well over 100 miles an hour regularly. You start to notice the amount of wind noise. When you and I were in Germany this past time, we had a uh, say at Lyon, like the base say at Lyon. Yeah. And we hooned that car at the upper limits of its capability. But we both were talking about the fact that over about 120, 130 kilometers an hour, which is 80-ish miles an hour, which, okay, the average person in the U.S. isn't driving that fast very often, but you, we got over that speed a lot. Mm -hmm. And it Definitely. kept having a lot of wind noise in the dead center of the windshield, and we made the point that in that market, that could be a deal killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Of course, that was the base, Leon, I but like still. I like the car. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yes, yes. I, I'm interested in talking about that car a little bit more for Me Scott too. here. Me too, yeah. I'm intrigued by that, but he's going to have to go drive newer models, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And he's got some great cars that he's found, and he has test-driven these already. So uh, he and his husband are looking how to drive a manual on the Mazda 3. And he taught his husband initially to do this, but mm -hmm. he's not very comfortable with it, especially in Europe with the small streets. And, you know, so, it's just so we're looking, automatic. we're looking auto. We definitely are, yeah. And reliability. He said it would be cool to have a German car here in Germany, of course. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like when I get off the airplane in Germany, I don't want to be picked up in a Prius. <laughs> I want a Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, Put me you. in the Mercedes. I'm you. in Germany. Yeah, yeah, the end. For sure. For sure. Okay, so automatic or DSG transmission. Definitely gasoline. Interesting. Yeah, I thought Preferably that was interesting German. too. Yeah, for sure. And then he does come to this nice interior with good sound deadening for mm -hmm. Autobahn driving because it is an issue. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get in that line of cars, the train of cars just booking down the highway. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, you're... Not really drafting, but you're going high speeds and you're mm -hmm. on the line, and mm -hmm. it, it is an issue. I mean, much more so in, than in the States. For sure, yeah. And then the parking sensors was very intriguing to me. So it's got to be new enough to have front and rear parking sensors because of the parking situation, which means they park outside on the street. Yeah, tiny street City parking. driving, all yeah, that Yeah, for sure, stuff. absolutely. So he's thinking golf, polo, somewhere in that range mm -hmm. as far as ideally, size. Ideally, yeah. Which is good. So he's found a few cars already that he has test-driven First of all, the Volkswagen Golf. That's mm -hmm. an obvious I one. I think that's a clear, obvious choice. Yes, he for said sure. They test drove the supercharged and turbocharged 1.4 liter, 160 horsepower with a seven-speed DSG. They liked it, but they were apprehensive about the motor and gearbox, even though 
I will say we've had this discussion about Volkswagens in Germany mm-hmm. get the service that they require. Not that they don't in the States, but they but, don't have that. You know, but clearly it's miles, a homegrown thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, they'll run. You just are now pouring a lot of money into them. Sure, sure, sure. Maybe it's the same in Germany. But I've I've had a lot of discussions with my friends here in Germany. And, you know, it just keeps – they say Volkswagens, they just run. What's the mm-hmm. problem? They're like the German Camry or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, they just for sure. run. For sure, yeah. They're far better to drive – yeah. Than Toyota products, but anyway, what else? Uh, Audi A3 Sportback, the generation from 2009 to 2010. Mm-hmm. He said those are cheap now. Available. Those are really cheap now. Amazing. So yeah, he said he found the 2.0 with a Quattro comes with a six-speed wet clutch DSG. You want that from the one. GTI? You, you don't want the the smaller engine. You don't. You talk about how there's a 1.8 liter. You don't get that one. Get get the two liter. You're going to be much happier in that car, and that's a real contender here, mm-hmm. especially with that DSG. Yeah. Yep. And then finally, the Mercedes C-Class, the generation W204, right around 2007 to 2010. Mm-hmm. They said there's also a lot of these available that have low mileage, less than 60,000 kilometers. They test drove this, and they were surprised for the stated numbers. They were surprised how it drove. Sure, sure. Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that, but that's key. I that, mean, you're that's something right. we yeah. always talk about is who cares about these numbers? Seat of the pants. What does it feel like? Are you happy mm-hmm. over here driving mm-hmm. this car? I love that you made that discovery, Scott. I agree. I agree. Very for cool. sure. Very cool. So, yes, it wasn't quick but adequate. Okay. And, of course, it's Mercedes. The interior is going to be better than nice, better than fine, right? Uh, you you know this, but I'm almost saying it for the non-German uh, audience here. Uh, if you're going to buy a, a Mercedes C-Class, Scott, do not buy the, the like, light-ish yellow color ones. That is a former taxi. Please <laughs> yes. don't do that to yourself. So, yeah, don't do that. Anyway, yeah, I'm Sorry. sure you know this, but I just have to say it for all those listening that it's don't skinny. realize why on earth there's so many C-Class in this color. And why? Exactly. Look how many they're selling. Look, they got high miles, but don't buy that car. I can't yeah. even describe that color. It's biscuit plus oatmeal plus tan and some meringue. With, with a tiny bit of butter in there somewhere. Yes. It's, it's a weird off-white, almost <laughs> yellow. It, it looks like it looks like some sort of white that either yellowed in the sun or a yellow that faded in the sun. I'm not sure which. It's one of those kind of colors. Amazing. Some paint person somewhere is proud of themselves, and I just want to retch. Anyway, moving on. Exactly. It's not metallic either. No, no. Anyway, so coming back to the Seat Leon, mm-hmm. I really like this car. I want to like it for this situation. But you're right. We did experience some wind noise that we were kind of looking at each other you know, thinking, you you noticing that? Is that yeah. bugging you? Yeah. You know, the faster you go, of course, the noise <laughs> increases exponentially around and, you. And and we had a tendency to go very fast in well, the car. But, yes. but that's funny you bring that? it up because that's on my list too. In spite of that reality, it's on my list. It is. I was looking at the R Limited Edition thinking, huh, could you do it? Because one thing you forgot to include here, Scott, was the budget. But I think we can get an idea of what you're looking at based on the range of cars you sent in here. Yeah, it seems to be around 20,000 euros or less. Something like that. I mean, I'm drooling over the R with the brand new copper accents and the metallic paint and all this stuff. But I found, here's one of my shortlist cars. I found the Leon Cupra. Did you? Now it's not. Now they, Cooper comes in some flavors. It does, yeah. So the Leon Coopers of like the 260s and 280s, that's their horsepower rating. You're kind of getting the cheaper Golf R. Watch uh, Tom's great piece on the Cupra. Mm-hmm. It's this for the front wheel yeah. drive Golf R for all intents and purposes. And, you know, Tom drove that car every bit as fast as it could and had no issues with wind noise. So, I mean, we had a base Leon. 
with yeah. who knows what wipers on it. I remember it had big chunky wipers. That might have been the, the source of the wind noise for we know. <laughs> Seriously, because it was like the it was the rental the car smolding off. Seriously, and you're done anyway. But but so watch our the Cooper R piece that Tom did. Now you can't find the biggest boy that he was in, but you can get close, like the two sixties, two eighties. I found those for your budget. Hmm. Fantastic. Well, yeah, my choice is funny. I I've got the car on my list. But I'm gravitating towards this BMW 1 Series, the three-door or the five-door that I see everywhere there. Oh, yeah. That turn my head. Yeah. They're on sale there. You can buy them brand new. Of, of course. course. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. that's within your budget. But no, I but see that, them everywhere, especially that three-door. It's like that's this good. little shooting brake. That's really cool. I'm wondering about these cars because I'm, I'm intrigued by them. Of course, we don't get them here in the States. I like the size. Yeah. You need to go drive one of no, those and cool. compare them to the rest of your cars here on the list. That's very good. I like that a lot. Very different Just car. for I mean, the rear-wheel drive aspect of it. That's yeah. A, that's, uh, honestly, that's the car. It was like tickling my mind of, what am I forgetting? That's what it was. That's excellent. <laughs> I just The three-door especially because yeah. it's so quirky it and unique, it, but it's not the shoe from you know, early 2000s. No, the, no, no. Um, the Z3 no, no. shoe. It, it wasn't it that at all. related to that, but it, it definitely is a more modern, different design than that mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, that's good. Yep. You could do that and... There is a car we also don't get in the States, and that is the Scirocco. Mm, I'm just wondering about this. We have not driven it, but it is the bigger, better-looking Golf. It's a Golf. It, it is. It, it, it is a Golf with a better-looking suit. That's what <laughs> That's it is. Good putting it. It is, but I, I understand that that has now been discontinued. So that revival of the Scirocco, and there mm-hmm. are Scirocco diehards everywhere around the world. That's a cool car. It's so awesome looking, and I just think, man, I would have loved to get in that. You know, as soon as those come, came out, you'll have to hunt and look. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I bet you those are around too, and that's my other that's choice. Really for you. good. So, I like both of those. That's so. you did well. I think you did much better than I did because I wanted to back his play on the A3 Sportback. I think it is amazing, even here, how much those are just cheap now. Sure. So I think that's a sure. really good option. It's a good golf alternative, but I like the Scirocco even better. It's cool. Those turn your head, and it's, it yeah. kind of looks like that one series. Yeah. Because I had and that then, in my brain. I thought, what else? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it was along And then I, I thought of one. You mentioned the Mercedes C-Class. I'm going to say this to you. We're talking about Forbidden Fruit. What happened to the Mercedes A-Class? Oh, speaking of which. Now, 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 now. Yeah. I looked up. The one you want, like admittedly, that. the A-Class AMG 45 is the one you want. Yeah. You can't touch them for less than about 25 30 I think that's well out of your budget. Yeah. I did look, because that's the one you want. But... How mm. high up the range can you go? So shop the Mercedes A-Class and see how hot you can go within your budget. You're going to be able to, to search much faster than us sure. and know the variations. But again, right around 25, 30,000 euros, I was finding those A-Class 45 AMGs. Okay. So that means that the little bit lesser of those are going to be well within the budget. So how high can you get? I think that's got to be on there. I think because you're talking about small stuff and can lean in a lot toward hatches, I think that's a more interesting pursuit than the C-Class. Mm, very cool. I, are those your choices? I'm, yeah. Any yeah, more that's, than that? That's, I think, the stuff that, cool. that really struck me. I really like that one series, though, for this. That's really cool. It's an intriguing car. I went and found a brand new, and I thought, you know what? There's plenty of them used. Oh, absolutely. Why not? Why not? All right. Well, guys, thank you both for writing in. We really appreciate it. Again, write to us with your own debate, but we will jump to social media questions, which are very much the things that are on your mind mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, you're just thinking about things in the news, recent events, mm-hmm. whatever crops up that aren't debates. We love hearing those questions and we post on all three social media. So Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, mm-hmm. we ask for those. So whichever one you like to use, that is perfectly fine. But there's a question here from Isaiah G on Facebook. Very okay. simple. He says, 
what do you guys think of Lincoln's new seats? And Uh-oh. I know Lincoln.com is not usually Uh-oh. the website that, you know, you spend your lunch hour perusing. I've actually never looked at Lincoln.com until now, but I, I remember the seats. I just wanted to remind myself. Do you click on the site and it says nothing to see here? <laughs> exactly. Does it do that? Because that would be cool. Well, um, <clears throat> what's funny is on the Lincoln site, up, up at the top, the menu bar, it says, why Lincoln? And if you hover your cursor over, it says, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> not, not really sure. You have a cursor over it and it pops up lost? <laughs> exactly. Anyway. It takes you to a completely different website. It, it takes you to the place of the internet. I don't know if it's still there where you click on it and it actually says, this is the internet, please go outside. This is the end of the internet, please go outside. <laughs> you That's the that end website. of the internet. Yeah. Please go back. Now, I know what seats you're talking about and they're to be found in the Lincoln Continental, specifically the brand new in the 2018 car. They call them perfect position seats. And Isaiah, I just, I think they're dirt traps. I know what they're trying to do. They look hard to clean to my eye. I love that that's where your brain went. (laughs) That's amazing. They look like you're just, I mean, there's going to be cookie crumbs and Cheeto dust. But then, of course, the kind of clientele that buy these cars probably aren't going to be snacking. But maybe on a road trip. I don't know. Well, but if they're buying those cars and they're snacking, (laughs) they're probably not cleaning it for themselves. That's true. That's the bigger thing. I just see those seats and I just think that's a whole lot of work for somebody. That is really funny that that was your (laughs) takeaway was they look hard to clean. Because I know what they're trying to do. They're articulating right at the middle. And I will say the late 90s BMW 740iL did the very same thing with their seats and they're Mm. awesome. Mm. But they didn't have all these nooks and crannies. They just did it in a single piece. <laughs> but there were like 18 zillion way seats and the upper part of the upper back moved forward to cradle you. And my friend's mom got one. She had sold a whole bunch of stock or the company got bought. And this is the car she ran out and bought. Okay. And so we were bombing around in her brand new 740IL just going. As you do. Look at yeah. all the buttons and all this stuff, you know, <laughs> going 100 miles an hour and <clears throat> Going 100 miles an hour looking at the buttons. That sounds like something totally. that a new driver would do. Of course. Absolutely. And she let you know, a couple of idiots drive her brand new, super expensive BMW. Mm-hmm. And I just remember those seats. They just made a huge impression. Lincoln is trying to do the same thing in a modern way. Okay. I, I can see they might be exquisitely comfortable. They just look like they're going to get dirty. I love that it's a dirt trap is your <laughs> takeaway. That's hysterical. On Instagram, we also had uh, Xavier wrote in and said, what do you guys think? Of the Alpine A one ten. Oh, oh, lush. I I could I probably sit here silent and Luscious. you would know what I think because <laughs> I want to drive this car so badly. That is, every year when you and yeah. I go to Germany, we sit at down a few months prior. Mm-hmm. And you haven't heard me say this yet. We sit down a few okay. months prior and we talk about what cars should we try to get into. And we all and honestly, we admittedly always talk about it too late. I'm throwing down in January. Okay. That's the car I want to drive when we're in Germany. I would love for us to do a comparison piece with that there car is, included. There is no car, honestly, on the market right now that I want to drive more than that one. I, literally, think of a car on the market. That is the top of my list, and we don't even get it here. That's what I think of that car. I, I could not drive it fast enough. Yeah. I, I so I wish they would, they would have one here. It would probably never happen. I was watching a piece on Carfection this week, okay. Henry Catchpole driving that car. He's actually a little taller than we are. Okay. Yeah. And everything he was saying about the car was going, 
it's a car for me. It's a car for me. So I just, that's what I think of it. I Fantastic. cannot wait for the chance to drive it. I hope we get the chance because, wow, that looks cool. I'm wondering now that you're saying this, if we need to craft some sort of new mid-engines and mountains piece using that car as the centerpiece with other cars in comparison, <clears throat> Caymans, mm. or something of that ilk, mm. and go find some squiggles in Switzerland or something like that. Go do wow. a piece. Our, our pilgrimage trip just got really interesting this year. And expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the frightening part. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So Mark B. on Facebook also wrote to us about Alexa. He said... <laughs> I saw this too. Do you know if any of your listeners use Alexa, the Amazon Alexa, Amazon mm -hmm. Echo, actually, to, to listen to the Everyday Driver podcast? He's having a trouble finding a podcast skill that will find ours. An Alexa skill that will find it, yeah. And he says, you know, it's the same thing as an app for a phone mm -hmm. in Alexa AI machine learning world. So he's looking for the Alexa app for our podcast. Mm -hmm. To be honest, what a great question. Haven't thought of it. I'm looking for suggestions. Have you heard of something? It's, it's a, well, that's the thing. I, I'm glad you brought this up. I've noted it as well. Uh, Mark, hopefully someone listening has an answer. Agreed. Because neither you nor I have an echo that we that we don't holler out to Alexa to do anything. At least I don't in my house. If there's hollering, it's because my son did something. It's not for Alexa. <laughs> anyway, um, and, 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 the, and anyway, forget it. But uh, somebody out there has probably got an answer for this. There has to be a way to connect the dots on this to tell Alexa to find a podcast or find our podcast. And then just tell it to listen to the latest episode. For sure. For sure. There has to be Great. a way to do this and connect the dots. If you know a way, hey, write to us and we'll pass it on to Mark and we'll mention it on here because be, I'd be curious to know. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, this would be cool. All right, what, what else is on your list? Uh, well, Alexander Shepard had a question on Instagram, and I wanted to speak to it really quickly because of something that I am planning to do tomorrow. Oh. Tomorrow, it is going to be uh, – uh, the cold is going to be probably about 30. <laughs> Not as cold. Not as cold. It's, and it's been dry for 10 days here. So the roads are very dry. High tomorrow is going to be about 45. Mm. I'm breaking out the lotus. Awesome. Now, it only has summer tires, which relates directly to Alexander's question. He's saying he has an S2000 he drives year-round. He, he spends most of his time in, South, in uh, South Carolina, but also spends some of his time in the winter in Ohio, southern Ohio. What does he do? He needs new tires. I'm going to say just get yourself a good set of summers and do careful stepping when you go to Ohio. Mm. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Now, kind of with now you. you're going to have to... You haven't given us a lot of detail. I don't know where in Ohio. I don't know how much snow you really see. I don't know how often this is a problem. If it's a regular part of your world, you're not. Trust me. I had a day when I got caught in the FRS with summer tires on and a freak, uh, like, late summer snowstorm. Sure. It was downright dangerous. You, you knew it. It was, it, was, it was down. Yeah. I'm, I'm not kidding. It was downright dangerous. Yeah. My, I was actually headed somewhere to meet my wife, and th she had the Cayenne. Yeah. We were going to trade cars, and I called her, and I said, you keep going. You cannot have this car. Yeah, yeah. Did not want her in it. Yeah. Great. So that's the thing. If you're going to get in a situation where you know you're going to be driving in snow, you're not going to want summers on. But the, the way you describe this suggests it would be like a freak thing. And in that situation, I'm just like, get summers, which brings me back to I'm going to drive the Lotus tomorrow in cold temps. But it needs exercise. It's been sitting in the garage. It's driving me crazy sitting in the garage, by the way. It's going to be a little <laughs> bit warm tomorrow. The roads are all very, very dry. So why not? 
I agree. I've been thinking about getting the Cayman off the tire, tire cradles. <clears throat> you and the tire cradles. Tucked in. Do they have tire cradles at, at Griot's? They do, as a matter of fact. Oh, man. Is that where you got them? I didn't get them there, but I, yes, you can get them Of there. course they have them at Griot's. Yes, yes. You should have gotten that 10% discount. Yes, I should have, actually. Yeah, anyway. Well, uh, <clears throat> Sotos on Facebook has asked a question that gave me this memory that I want to describe quickly Uh-oh. to you. He is out in Orlando, Florida, and he said, I'm not leaving at any point soon, and he's a car guy, but driving here is not like it is elsewhere because (laughs) traffic is bad, the roads are flat and straight. It's a pancake with very few curves, Mm -hmm. and he's saying much of the driving is bumper bumper on the dreadful I-4, so what activities or vehicles can inject any fun into the situation below 30,000? He's owned a bunch of sporty cars, Japanese sedans, three preludes. He's looking to get the fun back into it, but more than trying to replace a vehicle. The first thing straight away is a high-performance driving event. So does, mm, that is yeah, the quickest yeah, yeah. way. Go find that community and find out what activities are going on, what tracks are they going to, what autocrossing events. Yeah, I see that. We talk about it a lot, as a matter of fact. But, yeah, that's probably the quickest thing you can do because you you don't have any mountains to go drive up into and – you know, of yeah, course, you can plan yeah. a big road trip, but that's that's not on a, hey, Saturday morning, I just want to <laughs> yeah. go for a drive. Unless you're not coming back till midweek, yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely get that. So I'm, I'm suggesting, I was kind of looking up some NASA events in Florida, mm. found a whole bunch of stuff. So I will say just Google that, the that's HPDE good. events going on in Florida, and you're in Orlando, so either southern or northern. You can get to stuff very easily okay. around there. Cool. But this other thing that I was reminded me, I think it's an urban legend uh-oh. But I couldn't. I Uh-oh. went hunting, and I please don't spend too much time on Google looking for this. <laughs> too bad. Here's <clears throat> everybody's afternoon right now. <laughs> so this is a story that I heard of when I was in grade school. You remember the Vector car, the Vector yeah. W2, yeah. invented by a guy named Jerry Weigert. Weigert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's actually a fellow Art Center grad, as a matter of fact. Really? And I see him around at various shows. He walks by, and nobody he, knows who he is. And I'm going, "That's the guy who invented the Vector." The and I remember there was a Cars and Coffee in uh, in L.A. that used to have two of them show up. Oh, my gosh. It went to the W8, and then they kind of got a little bit goofy looking after that. But the whole concept with a Vector was <laughs> you build an airplane, and you, you make a car built with aircraft, aluminum-grade rivets, and yeah. you know all this stuff. So it was the super high quality, and the, it's a crazy story. He actually locked it's himself super, in the factory at some point. It's a super and, car with a bench seat. It, it is. It is. But By it was the way. so cool, and the posters of the black Vector... So the story is, in Florida, in the 80s, there were drug runners, drug smugglers, wearing night vision gear, running a vector, high speed on these flat roads that Sotos is talking about, and they couldn't catch him because he was going so fast. And they knew he was smuggling drugs from one end to the other and trying to get him out of Florida, all this stuff. Again, could be an urban legend. Also, it might have been just an episode of Miami Vice. I'm just going to put that Miami out there. Vice. I'm just going to put that out there. That could have cool been an episode story. with Crockett and Tubbs wearing a, a sports jacket and a t-shirt at some could point. I'm been. just saying. I agree, but it's a cool story. So the way they finally caught him, the authorities finally caught him, they because he's running with night vision, which means his lights are off. Sure, it's yeah, this yeah. black dart going mm-hmm. 150 or more on these roads in yeah. the middle of the night. Your radar blips, and that's all you know. Yeah. So what they did was they got a bank of... NFL stadium lights and erected it over the top of the freeway Uh and then way further up the road they had spotters and so when they detected he was coming when they heard him coming they would radio farther down the road and they would hit the stadium lights oh that's horrific 
massive wrecks, massive accident, and they caught the guy, and thus <laughs> ended the was left drug smuggling story. Ca- caught what was left of him, and then they ran the credits directed by Michael Mann, this episode of Miami Vice. <laughs> That's that what it was. the coolest story, and That's I cannot Miami verify Vice, it. Yeah. I, yeah. it. Again, it could be an urban legend. It just it went around my grade school, and it was just like the huh. coolest story ever. Okay. And I right. started to do some digging, and then I went, wait, stop, stop don't dig into the internet, internet too far. Scary. So yeah. if somebody knows anything about that, <laughs> I'd love to hear the scary. story. It could be fabricated. It could be wrong. But again, it's a super cool story. So that's what you could do if you want to get into drug running. But you can't really do that for wait, less than $30,000. Wait, and wait, then... wait, wait, wait. We just took a turn on the Everyday Driver to podcast. Buy a vector. If you want to get into drug running. Here's today, how to do it. Today on a very special episode of the Everyday Driver Car Debate. If you'd like to get in, that should be in the title. Drug running is part of this title. I'm oh just saying. That's going in. That's I didn't for mean sure. for it to go that that's direction. Perfect. Oh my gosh! But anyway, that story came to back came back as soon as you were saying flat, straight, high speed. What can I do? Yeah. Buy a vector and run drugs. There you go. The end. This is really a public service announcement we're doing this <laughs> evening. Uh, Omar wrote in on IG. He's asked this a couple times. I wanted to address it. He said, "Okay, you're buying a used car. Would you rather buy a high mileage loaded version or a base model with no miles?" Mm. Omar, I'm going to say miles don't scare me. What scares me yeah. is what's interesting to me is how was the car cared for. Sure. I'd much rather buy a two or three times as much. Mi- Look at my 180,000 mile mini. Two or three thousand, uh, two or three times more miles car that is a better example because it's taken well care of and it's really loaded than the base one that I'm not sure this person did anything but barely afford this car and run it into stuff. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. So I'm much more concerned with upkeep and would rather if the, the great thing about the used cars is you can get a better one. Now, granted, we bought a base Cayenne because we could get it for really cheap. Sure. I'd love to get a better one. I'd love to get a bigger one, but we still. But it was a Cayenne. We started as a seventy thousand dollars car. We got it for twenty five. Yeah, amazing. So amazing. you know, the cars at that level luckily have got a lot of nice features anyway. But I would typically buy a model that is more loaded if I can, mm-hmm. if it's well taken care of. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. There's a couple of questions on here. One on IG from Frobra. Asking, how would you convince someone to buy a three-year-old Cayman S over a new Mustang GT? <laughs> Two words for you, my friend. Residual value. The end. Now, there are two very different driving experiences, of course. Weight, front engine, lots of power up front. The Cayman is a different driving experience for sure, entirely. For sure. But I will say, let them choose. But whenever I go to a Porsche dealer, they keep saying, oh, you know, buy the Porsche because it's ultimately going to have that better resale value down the road. The Porsches will keep their value and I think by an increment. I mean, I'm kind of buying it, kind of not. Yeah. It depends on the car. It depends on any car. The, sure. The yeah, age, yeah. the mileage, the, you know, all that stuff that you look for. But I, I will say that is uh, definitely part of it. And then there's also Benedict J asking about the options list when you're buying a Cayman S and he spends his afternoons here. <laughs> Frightening. Going through the options sheet. Buying an entire other car worth of options. It's yeah. insane on the Porsche world. So he's asking what configuration or makeup would you consider to be the ultimate Cayman? Now, assuming that, you know, do you find any features that make the car more dull or less driver focused? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Now there are flavors of the Cayman. Certainly I found the GTS to be the right combination between it's not so fully loaded, but it's not so stripped down. Yeah. Now it is on the more expensive side. I will admit, but that the GTS, was the whole point of the GTS. The GTS line in Porsche is always the greatest hits album. It, it always is. is. It is. That's why I always gravitate towards that because, again, in the Cayman world, they're definitely at the higher end of the scale. Whereas in 911 world, they're like, 
you know, they're not the fully loaded turbo with the all-wheel drive and all the heavy there's stuff. Like twenty something variants of the nine wow. eleven. It's ridiculous. Yes. Honestly, it's insane. <laughs> it's a lovely insanity, and it's a wonderful place it's, to be. But I agree, nervous. it is insane. So yes, the more stripped down you can keep it, I think you would be happier with it, especially from a budget standpoint. There are a few things, but from a tech and electronic standpoint, it's going to make a negligible difference in weight. So therefore, if there are some of those things that you're interested in and can afford, wonderful blessings. Sure, sure, sure. But otherwise, I mean, what about a more loaded thing, you know, Cayman that is slightly used instead of going through the build sheet? Because that is always a scary afternoon terrifying. to go it's through terrifying. that. It's terrifying, yeah. But yes, I mean, I, I would say um, you don't nef- necessarily need to just always load it up. You really don't. And that's why you just got to pick and choose what matters most to you. If it's just the stripped down driving experience... That's why Porsche built the 911T. That's, yeah, fair. They were having that exact same thing. <laughs> no, Maybe they, they built the 911T and... because they realized huh. we could have a 26th variant if we just do. <laughs> they and brought then we're the make, T nomenclature back. Then they're going to make the 911H for Paul. Back. It's going to have a hatch. Yes. It's going to be handly and hatchy. It needs to yeah, be. for sure. Yes. I, I'm, I'm all about it. So um, Ridiculous. Be judicious in your selections, but... Uh, Otherwise, there's not something that, you know, the fully loaded Cayman will not be worse to drive than the base model. I mean, there'll be a few differences, but you know what I mean. Well, back to that uh, Mustang, buying a new Mustang GT versus a used Cayman. I would say this to that person. Drive both on the same day. Mm. That mm-hmm. doesn't, uh, and that doesn't mean it doesn't mean you're going to buy the Cayman. It really doesn't. True. That the the person that loves a Mustang might not necessarily like a Cayman. If you like those dynamics, those dynamics are incredibly different. Yeah. But drop test drive them both on the same day, and then unless that person needs a warranty, needs one. Mm-hmm. The big other thing to consider is you buy that new car and you sell it in three years, you're going to be horrified at how much value it's lost. You buy that used Cayman and sell it in three years, it will still have lost value, but not as fast. Mm, sure, yeah. So yeah, anyway. Agreed. Agreed. All right, what else um, is on here? Well, we have to do this one. Anytime anybody writes it in, we have to do it. Steve wrote in on Facebook, uh, the crush, track, or daily question. Oh, yes. Uh, now, conspicuously free of both Porsche and Lotus content, the three <laughs> to choose from are the Z4M Coupe, the Aston Martin V8 Vantage, and the original NSX. Oh, that's Crush, tough. track, or daily? Hmm, what are you thinking? Ouch is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Ouch is really what I'm thinking. I actually, I really like all those cars, which is why he's throwing them out here, because he knows we like them. I actually think the Z4M Coupe gets crushed. Yeah. The V8 Vantage gets dailyed, and the NSX gets tracked every chance I get. I think you're right. I'm exactly the same on those. That was a little bit of a gimme, Steve. I like the thought, though. And I like well, it was Porsche and Lotus free, too. Yeah, but, I, but, I, but I, I, you know, the Z4M was a real contender for me, and I really like that car. But I think it loses here. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, what else? Uh, I'm trying to look through here. I do have one more, and then I think I'm done for the evening, though there are many. Thank you all. This is uh, excellent. Joel's got a great one on Facebook. Says, best automotive or auto-related smell. And why? Oh, good one. That is really interesting. (laughs) And I have to say, there is is a smell. My my grandfather uh, ran a trucking company and was a mechanic and had one of those huge barns full of combines and cars he worked on and classic automobiles. I Mm. wish I had some of the stuff he had still. My dad's E-Type lived in there for a while. And that garage had a smell that I identify oh. with with my grandfather that is an that is an old oily 
Stuff's been worked on at low temperatures. There's a, there's a certain smell. And I was actually in a garage uh, at Deer Valley recently, and they had uh, big work trucks in that garage. Really? And it had the same smell. No kidding. And it's like a time machine for me. That's Which wild. is really interesting. But from a sp- more specific car-related thing, my dad's E-Type always had a mix of those 60s smells of, le- of leather Oil, gasoline, kind of all mixed together, and some of the some of the the surfaces just off gassing. There's not a better way to put it. It's sure. just putting it's, off it's those plastics. Exactly, doing just putting that. off those smells. All the cars from that era kind of have that smell. All the European cars sure. from that era. We've been in BMWs with that smell. We've been in Porsches yeah. with that smell. And that is a time machine right back to that E type, which is the one that got away from me. But those cars from that 60s, early 70s era have that. That's the only way I know to describe it. It's it's leather, oil, and gasoline. It just felt it, it yeah, smells mechanical. I know that right. sounds weird, but it smells mechanical, and that's fantastic. It's as soon as you open the driver's door and you stick your head in and you take a deep breath uh-huh. and you go, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. Are, and, and honestly, Joel, that's a weird question. What's a good automotive smell? But yet, I, <laughs> the minute you ask it, I go, those are my answers. It's super cool. Well, uh, my last question here for the podcast is from Brian H. asking me about the Cayman. He says, since Paul is very precious with the Cayman, will he track it? If not, what would he get as a track car? You're right. I'm not thinking track with it just because of the consumables. I mean, will it track? It'll track just fine. And there are guys tracking their, their Cayman GTSs. Yeah. Chan yeah. sends me photos all the time of, hey, there's another GTS on track yeah. that I saw. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I will say I'm, you know, kind of. You're keeping it CPO. I understand. Yeah. Just, yeah, you know. I get it. Enjoyable. And anyway, I'm, I'm kind of sniffing around. Factory 5, A18 forums, not to be leading with that or anything, but just had some eyeballs on it the other day again, just kind of, how did I find myself here? As if, you wound, if you wound up in a track car that is more hardcore than the Elise I own, that'll be a thing right there. That'll be quite a switch. Maybe. I mean, they're pretty inexpensive, and we'll see. We'll see. Well, guys, thank you so much. As always, we love hearing from you, and uh, we have a lot of fun doing the debates here on the For podcast. Sure. Catch us on Velocity. It is beginning. We're on TV. We're back it on is. television. There's been a lot of work that's been done. It'd be nice to actually show it to some people. Let's do that. Let's do that. I agree. Well, guys, looking forward to next time. Thank you so much. Cheers. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets. Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks. 
Prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.